All right, another episode of the Pleasantly Persistent Podcast. I'm here solo today. VP Christie is doing her VP thing. And here with Daniela Jensen and excited to chat and explore. So uh, a brief intro, please, and then we can dive in. Yeah, you bet. Um, I'm Daniela. I am the founder of Big Picture Foods. We take what people typically think of center aisle staples, olives, peppers, capers, and we clean them up and we reintroduce them both um, as regenerative, organic, and naturally fermented superfoods. Um, you know, why? I get this question all the time of why did you start there? Why olives? Um, and truthfully, the answer is I. Um, I did not know that there was a lot of deception. I have a very annoying cat who's going to keep bugging me. Sorry. I didn't know there was a lot of um, deception around these foods, particularly because they all need to be cured before they can be eaten. And when I learned how the industrial process of curing olives was so starkly different than the traditional process, there created a lot of white space opportunity for the brand. You know, if you think about olives, they are a gift of the gods, part of the Mediterranean diet. There's a lot of reasons why people would want to eat quality olives for the health benefits. But in today's industrial world, you know, traditionally olives are cured using salt, whether they're dry rubbed or it's in a saltwater brine. It's a slow cured process. They have a really bitter compound called olaprene, and it takes a little bit of time um, to cure the olive. And everything is about speed to shelf and cutting cost in today's fast paced world. So industrial processing uses a chemical called lye to accelerate the cure of olives. So it takes that six to nine month process and it shortens it to hours, but you'll never see that on ingredient panels because it's a processing agent. So once you start to get a peek behind the curtain at some of the ill wills that happen, there really became a need um, to bring better back to market. Does that just go on? Does that the ingredient or it's called lye? Yeah, lye. It's a caustic soda. So it's in your cleaning products. If you Google, there's this wild article. Um, I was just at Expo East and I was talking with someone who said, where can I learn more about this? I cannot believe that more people don't know about this. And I said, just Google it. And when you Google lye cured olives, there is a hundred articles in there. Lies in Drano. And the Atlantic did this expose on um, lie curing and it, it will blow your mind. But, you know, the stats around nutrient density and you know, I think that from my perspective, there was um, so many dots that needed to be connected for consumers. One was the processing. But in addition to that, you know, big picture's motto is grown right and cured clean. And we don't just make olives. I'm kind of tangenting and getting all over the place here. But if you um, if you lean into those two principles, cured clean means we're using only natural fermentation and grown right. We're committed to regenerative organic for a variety of reasons. Uh, there is a biodiversity that exists in these ecosystems when you are growing regenerative and organic. And there's uh, dozens of uh, hundreds, thousands of wild native cultures that naturally exist from the soils. And it's those cultures that are doing the curing of our foods for us. On the other side, you know, go ahead. 
Yeah, yeah. No, carry on. Yeah. And on, the so on, the, side, on, on the other side of things, you if you're using lye, it's destroying all of those cultures. So then you have to use lab-generated cultures. And the lab-generated cultures never cure as thoroughly. So then you're adding additives and stabilizers, and you have to heat pasteurize as a kill step. So it's just this downward slope. Is there any way for a consumer to know? Is there any like sneaky ingredient or anything you can see on a label to know if, if it's traditionally processed or curated versus lye? So if it's clean ingredients, if it doesn't have a ton of acids to stabilize it, then it won't be chemically cured. So that's the okay. the telltale. So if you turn over the ingredient panel and there's lactic acid, citric acid, exorbic acid, you know, in peppers, sodium benzenoate, calcium chloride, they require all of that because they have been um, processed. Is this just a thing in the, just deception and, and a thing in the States or is it in other countries as well? So glad you asked that question because in Greece, they scoff at this. Uh, the way that we're curing olives in Greece are called farmer's olives. And oftentimes consumers will try our products and be like, these are amazing. They taste just like the olives I had on my honeymoon or when I was in Europe. And many of the ingredients that are used today, yellow dye number five, is really difficult to find a banana pepper that doesn't have yellow dye number five. Um, that's banned throughout Europe. So um, it's definitely something that we face, especially as Americans. So is this transfer into olive oil or is it a, just too different of a process? Totally different of a process. Like, okay. Okay. Yeah. It's table olives. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Back to big um, picture. So mm -hmm. I was just going to say back to big picture. We started with olives and then yeah. um, expanded the line into a variety of different peppers. We have capers and there's um, many places that we plan to play. Yeah. Awesome. So was the plan. So your husband, it's you and your husband, correct? As the two founders there's and, and, of and us. Um, myself. Okay. My husband, Chris, and for all of those people out there who work with their husbands, rock on. Um, it's, it's an interesting dynamic to work with your partner, but Chris has a background. You know, the three founders um, have very different skill sets that we bring to the table. I have been building brands of all shapes and sizes for my career. Um, started in automotive, moved to toy, then um, prenatal and was in vitamins and then progressed into food. Chris was the president of Blue Marbles Brands. They're a division of UNFI. Um, he was running a $175 million portfolio for UNFI, all of their in-house brands. So he's the wizard when it comes to logistics, operations, supply chain, managing the P&L. Um, and so Tiris, our third founding partner, is really bringing the R&D development side of things. He was the founder of the Peloponnese brand. He was the founder of the Mount Vicos brand and is just the biggest foodie and knowledgeable and passionate about building a bridge to stateside markets. He lived in Greece for a really long time. Um, over the last 50 years, really saw firsthand the industrialization of what this has done to rural communities, to farmers, and big picture exists to reinvent what those commodity supply chains look like. Yeah. So I think I saw on LinkedIn, so Chris was officially part of the company a year and change ahead of you. Is that correct? 
So he was building the supply chain. It was really difficult for both of us to jump ship at the same time. Um, yeah. And sure. we took the pandemic to organize our farmers. And it was really important for us at Big Picture that we knew that we had the capacity to scale. And we needed to identify and find farmers who were growing and were interested in curing the way that um, we had plans to do. And that took a lot of time, really. Um, and I think that it was very wise. We kind of reverse engineered this. Most companies start out and build the demand and then go figure out how to support or provide for it. We did the exact opposite. We aligned our farmers, found the co-ops, basically put them in a queue. And as demand built, we're certifying and turning the lights on. So yeah, he and Sotiris so were a year ahead of me. Yeah, my internet is unstable at the moment, or something's off. But uh, how's uh, how is educating the consumer? I'm sure educating the buyer during a proper thirty minute plus meeting, right? Like I already get it even more chatting for a handful. But how's educating the consumer? That must be that must be the challenge. I assume it is, and it isn't right for us at Big Picture. We lead with flavor. And so oftentimes I will just start by saying, hey, do you want to try what we have and begin with a sample? Or for buyers who are doing a cutting, oftentimes I just send samples and I'm not even in the room and they will taste it amongst the competitive set. And then that opens the door for me to be able to tell our grown right and cured clean story because they want to know why these taste so different. Why are they so fresh? How are we able to do this? And it, it really becomes breadcrumbing that story. And the same is true for consumers. Yeah. So interesting. So uh, working with your husband slash partner. Yeah. Have you guys like evolved to like, like is, is, is work talk going on all the, not all the time, but like, does it pop post hours? Cause it's just, you're both thinking about it and, and you're both in it. Or you, have you guys like, have you guys grown in some like parameters and just like cutoffs? Like, yeah, how's, how is that? Um, you know, I think any founder will say that it's really hard to build boundaries. And when you have two founders that are together, it's even harder to build boundaries. I think that big picture permeates almost all of our conversations from sidelines to sports to um, dinner tables. But that's sort of the beauty of building this together. And I think there's something really exciting about watching our kids or having our kids watch us do this. Um, it's a great lesson for them to see that you can really make change and that not everything is on the timeline that you want it to be. This has been an exercise of patience. Um, the name of the podcast is perfect because I always say we have to be um, – you know, persistently patient. Um, and patience is not something that's in my skill set. So this business is teaching me that. <laughs> yeah. What's, where does patient, like, just like the selling process, how fast you want it to grow? Like what, what, where do you find you need to exude patience the most? It's, um, it's everywhere across, you build something and you know the potential and the opportunity and you, um, you know, that expression, if you build it, they will come. And when they don't always come on your timeline, 
um, for instance, you know, I just did a post on Erwan. We thought that this would be a great brand for Erwan. You know, they are sponsors of Kiss the Ground and committed to organic. And we thought this is going to be perfect. And sometimes, you know, you submit and as I just said in the Erwan example, um, it needed us getting the product to into the buyer's mouth for her to to recognize the difference. Um, so things aren't always on your timeline. We've been waiting a while to engage with Whole Foods and Sprouts, and we're finally launching um, in well the end of this year and into early next year. So again, I thought that you know we're going to launch this business and we're going to first tackle retail and then build the brand from there. And it's just um, everything takes more time than you think it will. Yeah. What uh, did the name come from a suggestion from someone else or was it just a divine moment? Because the name is amazing. I'm so glad that you like it. We hear a lot of different feedback on the names. Some buyer was like, it's it's too cerebral. It's too heady. Um, but when we were building the brand and we spent a lot of time strategizing, you know, this was a lot of pandemic conversations when the world shut down and we knew what the opportunity was. We knew how we could deliver better for farmers. We knew that from a nutrient density standpoint, and we haven't really touched on this on the podcast. It's definitely something I'd love to speak on, but we could do better for eaters and um, better for the planet. The climate impact of this brand is phenomenal. And we kept saying, it's about the big picture, the big picture. And so it was just inherent. I love it. So uh, sweet green, big deal. Um, yeah. How long was that? Did they reach out to you? Yeah. Was that an inbound? Did you guys reach out to them? How long was the process? Um, a great like the press and publicity from that. It's been so exciting. Um, first of all, we kind of hit lightning in a bottle in some senses. A lot of this has been, you don't know when you sign up for trade shows, as an example, you don't know who's going to come by the booth and you don't know what opportunities you're going to have to tell your brand story. And we were really fortunate two years ago at uh, Expo West to meet the Sweet Green team and to have them sample the product. And, um, you know, the whole brand ethos behind Big Picture is directly in line with what Sweet Green is doing on the supply side as well. You know, they are building the reputation of their business off of better ingredients. So, synergistically, it was a perfect partnering, um, needed to wait for the right time. You know, we talked with them about olives and a variety of different peppers. And then when they wanted to launch the Italian chopped salad, it was perfect um, for the banana peppers. And, you know, it's just gone gangbuster. So it's really exciting to see the growth of that salad from a regional offering, you know, a seasonal, I should say, a seasonal offering to um, an everyday menu item. So that's been very exciting. And, you know, yeah restaurants like them and true food kitchen who really like proudly like their brand is off the story a big part of their brand is off the story and brand of their suppliers is so amazing uh and they do a, a really good job it's just like I that right like in every single mm-hmm. sweet greens you'll find their supplier boards calling out where they're getting the, board, the good old board i love the board yeah the board and yeah, my sister from, sent uh, me um this video yeah. from new york city of the ticker they have, they're different in some locations, but it apparently in one of their midtown locations, she just said, wait for it. And I'm watching the train style ticker turn and then big picture foods, banana peppers. So that was really exciting to see. That's amazing. Does, uh, does Rhode Island have a sweet green? We do garden city. 
Yep. It's new. Good. Yeah. My closest is in Linfield mass, like 30, 30 minutes and it's right next to our closest whole food. So it's, uh, yeah, it's the expensive and amazing, amazing combo of a whole food shop and sweet green when we go. Um, so trade shows. Yeah. So what, uh, what, what, what have you guys, what will you guys not do again? Which ones are you guys maybe looking forward to? Is NRA maybe going to be in the cards now that you have some more distribution and maybe interest in food service? You know, we'll see. We've been talking a lot about food service and right now we're focused on supplying partners. We, you know, we did not go out and aggressively pursue food service. We figured we would start at retail and plant our flag and the product speaks for itself. So that's naturally attracted some food service players, but um, we need to, it's, we're still a very small team um, and we need to get a few retail launches correct before we're committing into food service. So um, we'll see what next year brings, certainly not opposed to it, but. um... So when you, uh, uh, when you have a retail meeting, is it do the three of you guys attend? How do you guys decide who's going to be at that meeting representing the brand? Yeah, we do a good job dividing and conquering. Um, I will do sales and marketing and Chris is really working on containers and shipments and logistics and warehousing. And so Tiris is on the ground right now. He is um, certifying additional fields, regenerative organic with the um, ROA. So we're all operating in different silos. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Cool. All right. So, uh, Last fun question. What uh what snack do you guys have you guys purchased the most of in the last few months and what beverage have you purchased the most of in the last few months? I love this question. Um okay, so I am my kids probably hate being the children of food CPG parents because we just know way more than most. Um, and what they put into the cart, oftentimes I'm taking back out of the cart. And uh, so it's always that struggle, right? We go into a grocery store and you're like, oh, it's the battle. Um, in our pantry, you know, most of the shopping that I'm doing is to fill lunch boxes and on the go snacks. That's the stage of life we're in right now. But the Good Crisp company and their um, chips are a staple in our pantry. Um the soft baked, um, oh my God, made good. Made good is always in the pantry too. Um, trying to think of Remind some- me, I know that. What what is the, what do they make? They have granola bars and little soft ah. baked cookies, and um, they like the. They're all organic and they have clean ingredients, and it's like the Entenmann's cookie of your childhood, but. Uh, yes. What, what's your good crisp flavor? Oh, we have a lot of arguments over this. It's either barbecue or it's sour cream and onion. <laughs> That's you. All right. Yeah. Those are two heavy hitters. Yeah. I'm barbecue. It's actually just a market basket is our local store. And, uh, they just got into market basket a couple months ago. So yeah, I am purchasing more. It's an, it's a really tasty product. And uh, and I totally hear you. I was shopping with the kiddos, which I love doing. It's so fun. It, but like half the time at when we're checking out, I'm like, I just hand it to the cashier. I'm like, ah, the kiddo snuck this in there. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a thing. Um, 
What about the popcorn? And how about beverage? What is the popcorn brand too? Lesser Evil. Lesser Evil, yeah. Lesser Evil or Pipcorn, yeah. Lesser Evil. Um, Beverage. Admittedly, I don't buy a lot of beverages. We're like a- Not a seltzer fan, just straight straight water from home. Tea? (laughs) Yeah, I love tea. I'm a big matcha um, green tea drinker. Um, And what is the brand? Let's see. Yeah. I'm going to really botch this, but I see them at all the trade shows and I think that they have the best green tea. It's um, I-T-O-E-N. Oh, cool. Yeah, I-T-O-N. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah. If you have not tried their unsweetened yeah, matcha and green tea, tea well, it's phenomenal. Sipping on a chai as we as we speak. Um, cool. Well, thank you for the conversation and where people can find you. So you guys have a store locator and uh, on the website and you're active on LinkedIn. Yeah, both. Come check us out. Taste the difference. And I want to leave you with one thought, Matt. Um, Please. This was a huge eye opener for me as a parent and shopping um, the grocery store. I never thought about it this way, right? Like we're trained to look at the ingredients and we want to buy minimally processed foods. And um, I heard this stat around the nutrient density of our foods. And because of soil health, if you don't have nutrients in your soil, you can't have them in your foods. And when I heard that you have to eat eight oranges today to get the same vitamins and minerals that our grandparents got from one, my mind just exploded, right? Like we all are trying to do better and eat better. And I fully believe in the food is medicine movement. And if our fruits and vegetables no longer nourish us the way that they used to, what happens? Um, and the answer is really complex. And um, if any of what I have said today is interesting to people listening, watch Kiss the Ground. It's really, really eye-opening. Um, a great documentary on Netflix. Awesome. I will watch it myself. So yeah, all right. thank you very much. Thanks, Matt.